Coming up next on the Jeff Curley Show, he went from being an award-winning mascot with the NBA to hitting the buzzer shot as a keynote speaker. His incredible journey just ahead. Many are predicting that the worst is yet to come, which is unfortunate, said one person here. Until now, they've enjoyed the reputation of being the nation's icebox. Watched a burglar in his home this morning by webcam. As a journalist of over 25 years, stories are what make my world turn. Reporting live from the Dallas Newsroom tonight, Jeff Curley, Fox 4 News. But in 2008, I took the jump from my familiar life and started a PR firm from my home. We're talking about anyone with a camcorder like the one I'm using becomes a television network. We started slowly growing the company and we now have over a hundred clients and we've branched into the world of live digital broadcasting. I now own eight different TV studios and have a huge team. And the stories that I now get to share are sometimes the most important of my life. Life has a funny way of coming around full circle. This is the Jeff Crilly Show. Well, I think the pandemic has left us all kind of shell-shocked. I don't know about you, but I still have this nervousness that something is just around the corner. And I think if you look at corporate America, there are employees who feel that same way. Am I going to get laid off? Uh, what's, what's around the next corner? To talk about overcoming fear today, Jeff Gooden, he is an award-winning speaker and entertainer. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about fear because it's out there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, big time. What, what, what are you experiencing? Because you go around and you speak to audiences large and small across the country. I think people make poor decisions based on fear and they don't even realize they're doing it. I think they shortchange themselves. The fear's kind of uh, deceptive, if you will. They think they're making good choices. They think they're becoming risk adverse. But I think what they're really sacrificing is what they could possibly do. Sure. Achieving ultimate dreams kind and, of thing. And, and talk about a guy who had to overcome some fear. He, for many years, he did stunts with the NBA as a mascot, both for uh, Boston and for Dallas. We're going to show a little bit of his sizzle reel, and I want you to kind of talk over this because some of the stuff that you're doing in this, I mean, you could get seriously injured. Yeah, I have. Have you? Yeah. All right. How many surgeries? Seven. <laughs> seven surgeries. Yes, seven surgeries. But, you, but uh, during a game, you got to be fearless, right? You can't like you can't think about, am I gonna you know break something? Yeah, that was the the, the thing that encouraged me to begin doing keynote speaking, trying to teach people to overcome fears. Because for me, in the beginning, I realized that fear keeps you from being able to do the things that do. It robs you of, of energy, of oxygen. You don't breathe well. You don't think straight. So, but after a while, I began to realize, hey, when I start getting fearful of things, there's something cool around the corner. Mm. So then I began looking forward to it. Boy, if I'm scared, something neat must be about to happen. That's wonderful. So you're kind of reframing your thoughts. You're listening yeah. to this, this uh, voice and you're basically telling that voice to be quiet? Yeah, yeah, sort of. It's, it's, you kind of have to ignore it in the very beginning, at least. And you have to practice overcoming fear. That's why you have to expose yourself over and over. I'm also a skydiving instructor. Wow. So I take people up and it's... <laughs> this man takes risks for a living, yeah. don't you? <laughs> yeah. It's, but once you get used to it, you start being able to... Because fear causes people that they don't think. Right. It okay. scrambles the brain and the ability to relax is practice. You were an amazing uh, high school basketball player. How did you end up um, as a, a mascot? Uh, I was... It's a bit of a long story, not super long, but I was, I, I grew up in a, in a family where they took our faith pretty serious. So I had a youth pastor who taught me that if God has something for you, pray for it. You can, 
be specific when you're praying. I wanted to be an NBA basketball player. Basketball is my passion. I was, I was good enough to play in high school and even start in high school and be okay in high school. But I prayed. My prayer was that God would give me a ministry in the NBA. The ministry was my way of tricking God into getting my way because it'd be selfish just to ask to be a player, right? So I asked for a ministry. How'd that work out? Yeah, well, but and I was, had to be specific. And this is the honest to goodness truth. My prayer was that God would give me ministry in the NBA that required me to be on the court during the game, wearing a team uniform and holding the ball. And I prayed that prayer from eighth grade until... And I mean, I'm obsessive about it. I practiced a lot too and got pretty good. But in college, I was, the college I went to, we were number 300 of 306 Division I teams, and I wasn't able to make that team. I so mean, it became obvious I wasn't going to be. And did an somebody NBA just player. come to you and say, hey, you're a great basketball player, we need a mascot? Or, or was this no, your idea? No, he offered me to be the manager of the team. Okay. And I didn't even know you could be a, a mascot. I started. Uh, in college, I didn't make the gymnast the basketball team, but I made a performance gymnastics team. Wow! Which is where I ended up meeting my wife, and we traveled around doing kind of little stunt shows. Okay. <laughs> and that ended up after college. I started touring with a group called the Bud Light Daredevils, and we did halftime shows all over the world. Okay, and then Bud Light um, morphs into Boston. The, the, yeah, sort the, of. The Celtics? well. It became cool for the NBA teams to have a mascot that could do acrobatic dunks. Okay. Set up a mini tramp during a timeout or quarter break or halftime and do flips and dunks and tumble. It started in Phoenix and then the other team started to And then did you, did you have to audition for the Boston Celtics? Yeah, yeah I did. Was that, that's that pressure was, right there, isn't it? Well, the, yeah, the, it was humiliating. Was it? Yeah, kind of. It was, I went out, I sent out my tramp line, I did some dunks. I think that's all they really wanted to see. But to make it seem a little bit more like an audition, mm -hmm. they had five people in suits and they had a VP reading the starting lineup and wanted me to see how I would react as if I'm on court in a costume during the game. Wow. Except it was a quiet gym at Brandeis <laughs> University. And then you, you went on to work for the Mavericks twice, right? Yes. Well, sort of. Okay. Yeah. I, I came to do Mavsman originally and did Mavsman for a couple seasons and then created the mascot champ, the Blue Horse. That's amazing. He's still there and pretty proud of that. And, and this is only a 20-minute show, so I'm dying to ask you all the Mark Cuban stories, all the yeah. Dirk stories. Um, what's your favorite uh, memory of you know being with the Mavs? That's a good question. Um, in... I don't remember what year it was, but at the, the team Christmas dinner um, or Christmas party, Mark Cuban came to me and he said, uh, hey, the ticket was talking about you today. And I thought, oh, this can't be good because <laughs> sports talk people don't like mascots very well. So I hesitantly said, uh, well, what were, they, what were they saying? And I had an inflatable Mavs man that I would go out and do during timeout, sometimes 10 feet tall. And it was like a balloon. It's hilarious. Sure. And uh he said that I guess they'd ranked their top most influential sports figures in Dallas Fort Worth, and they had named Mavs Man, inflatable Mavs Man, as one of the most influential sports figures. Wow! Because when that thing was out there, you couldn't look anywhere else. <laughs> that's cool. So, yeah, that's pretty. Funny. That's like being on the Mount Rushmore of uh, mascots. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> yeah. And I want to pull up your bio page because as we pull up your bio page and scroll down it, I want to brag about you and your 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 speaking career. So. Everything from high school auditoriums to corporate events? Yeah. Yeah. We have done elementary schools 
Wow. Although those I go and do a few dunks and talk to the kids and we have a blast. But the corporates were, I've, I've got a, a new stunt I'm unveiling for, for the corporate keynotes that I'm pretty excited about. And when I was looking at the bio, you were actually named uh, Sports Illustrated second best mascot in the NBA? Yeah, number two behind uh, Phoenix Suns Gorilla. <laughs> I don't think. That darn gorilla. I wanted. <laughs> so um, tell us about the, uh, the speaking career. I mean, you must enjoy it. It's, it's probably yeah. a different thing than being um, in uh, as a mascot, because as a mascot, you're using your, your physical prowess, but not your voice. Yeah. Um, you're, you're exercising a whole new skill. Yeah. As a mascot, in the beginning, I wanted to be able to talk. And then by the end, I was glad I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Some people just don't want to respond to it. Now, now, did you have to learn? Order. I mean, obviously, you, you were gifted performing, but did you have to learn how to give a speech? Yeah, I've always enjoyed speaking. Okay. I've always enjoyed getting in. in uh, I like the stage. Yes. And the keynote, it, for me, it's more entertainment with some, you know, with some some principles that people can take away. Because it's, it, I still think of the keynote as a show. Okay. I want to uh, pull up more video, and I want you to kind of talk over this and just tell us about some of the images that we're watching when when we see when we see you out there in these different settings. Um, what are we looking at here? Yeah, that's a, that was an elementary school that's just flipped on this. I spent a season, a couple seasons performing for, uh, it was a Feats of Strength group. <laughs> the underwear? Yeah, that's, that was a comedy show. Okay. <laughs> that didn't go anywhere. <laughs> but the, the, it, people always come back to the stunts. It's hard to get away from stunts. It you really show is. a stunt in a promo reel, it's hard to not end up going somewhere now, do and doing ever, it. You ever miss the bricks? Like when you when you do the bricks, do you ever uh, like, yeah. mess up? <laughs> it hurts. <laughs> yeah, I still have shoulder issues from breaking those things. No kidding. Yeah, I wasn't big enough to do that. The idea originally was to do some acrobatics, but the floor was yeah. way too dirty. You still have that under those underwear? <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> What's your favorite part about uh, public speaking? The audience. Yeah. The audience is the best part. The most fun part, I enjoy being on stage, but it's great afterwards that you get meet and greet or back at a merch table or something and just talking to people. It's, it's neat to have an opportunity to make an impact in people's life. So you have two very popular speaks, one, uh, speeches. One is about overcoming fear and the other one is about three by five cards. We explain that one. Yeah, it's uh, my, my friend and mentor, his name is Scotty Sanders, and, and he's the most, one of the most impressive people I've ever met. He's wrote a book called Life on a Three by Five. And he's been mentoring me for a long time. So I took three of the pillars from his book, with his permission, he actually asked me to do it, to create a keynote around it. And it's, it's identifying your passion, your purpose, and setting goals. And it's, um, he, for decades, every morning he has a three by five card and he writes his daily, wow. you know, what he's gonna do that day. The idea is you take 14 minutes, which is 1% of your day, to plan the next 99%, that 99% will be hundred times more effective. Okay, t tell us about the process. So maybe there's a CEO watching this right now who says, man, I think I found my next keynote speaker. Uh, you get with the corporation and you say, what are the goals? And I mean, explain the process. Yeah, usually I'll go to their website and look at their vision and mission statements. Mm -hmm. And the keynote is, you know, I'll craft some of the, some of the principles to their specific needs. But it's, it, it crosses a lot of boundaries. And do you tell them the stunts you're gonna do ahead of time? Yeah. 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 The stunt for this one, I'm, I'm unveiling a new stunt. It's uh, I'm climbing a ladder. 
Okay. It's in the middle of a stage. It kind of how do you balance against a wall? Right. Climate in the middle of the stage. It's a balancing act. It's. It used to be a popular European circus act. And <laughs> it's, it's. You're always dr- you're always dreaming up new stuff, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. This was my idea. I thought this would be cool to use in corporations because it's like the climbing the corporate ladder. And I started in February. I practice that silly thing every day. Wow. Uh, multiple times a day. It, it's been the hardest thing I've had to learn. Okay. Flip dunk was way easier than this. Okay, in the last minute, I want you to address the audience and talk to them about uh, limiting beliefs and the stories we tell ourselves. Yeah, I, I think our, this is what I've learned skydiving, even performing, is that your perceptions differ tremendously from reality. And your perceptions often go through that filter of fear. You don't want to be made fun of. You don't, in, in I've done this in trying to sell shows. You're afraid that you're not going to get the price that you want for a show. So go in with a lower price. And then you realize afterwards that you left a lot of money on the table. And I know salespeople do that all the time. Yeah. Well, that's powerful. That You have really inspired me. And I'm, I'm not going to hang glide or skydive. <laughs> <laughs> and I certainly won't be in the NBA. But we're going to leave everybody with the website, which is jeffgooden.com. Uh, thanks for blessing us with your wisdom. Thank you. You bet. That's it for now. We'll see you next time.